0: As... God... Intended.
1: Let's go. Looking for Healing Radio, where pharmaceuticals are not medicine, but love always is. I'm your host, Dr. Brian Artis, and thank you so much for joining us and listening. Remember to tell you all your freedom friends that can join us live on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network and via recorded podcast at americaoutloud.com. Also on the iHeart Radio Network and Spotify Pandora Networks, but download the America Out Loud phone app for Apple, Android, or Alexa, whatever you need to listen at your leisure. Looking for Healing Radio is sponsored by GlobalHealing.com, simply the finest, most potent, most effective natural medicines in the world today. Feel the difference, integrity, and love for medicine-making can make for you. Go to GlobalHealing.com and enter promo code OUTLOUD to discover the medicine God intended for us all. Get incredible deals and find Global Healing and all of the wonderful AOL sponsors at AmericaOutloud.shop. Healers, we have a great show today. Uh, again, I'm Dr. Brian Artis. Hope you had a great weekend I actually just came back from Idaho for an entire week where I have been writing a book. Now, (laughs) I did not love writing uh, for five or six days straight. However, this is something uh, I've been asked by many, many people around the country to do for the last four years. I always said I would never do it until the pandemic was over. I don't understand why to, (laughs) in my opinion at the time, I told everybody if I was going to write a book, uh, I think I need to wait to see that uh, the pandemics actually ended and they're not killing people in hospitals at the same rate they were during the hospital protocol pandemic cares act orchestrated cms.gov murdering protocols. I wanted that to end. Well, it didn't end until September actually. So the end of September of 2023 is when that ended and when they stopped uh, actually going through with the 20% add-on bonus hospital protocols uh, agenda and initiative. So it's only a very recent thing. So I decided uh, my literary agent had contacted me a few months ago and wanted me to write a book So and thought it was a good idea. It was like the 10th or 30th person that's asked me to do that. So uh, I've not taken the time to do that. I thought it was too important to make sure um, adequate and on time presentations on things that were in the media, coercion, bullying, lying, that all those things were being handled appropriately. And anyway, so I took a time this week to go up to Idaho and actually write a book. Well, I actually have a 20 page out 20 chapter outline. I got through seven pages, but to actually sit and write just a book that can actually help people stay prepared for in the future uh, to avoid harm, hopefully in the next pandemics. What did we learn from this one? Uh, I hope will be helpful and beneficial. All right. So what's going on in the media right now? I locked myself away in the snow mountain, this cabin for seven days that somebody donated to us uh, to use. Thank you to you for giving us that opportunity. Uh, but I wanted to know what's actually going on in the media right now that may, have, I may have missed while I've been gone for the last week, trying to actually just stay focused on writing a book. All right, so what I'm going to do is actually go to cnnhealth.com is what I went to this morning. I wanted to see what they've been talking about the last week or so that I've been unaware of while writing. And one of the first articles that pops up right now on cnn.health is, Why are measles cases popping up across the United States? Here's what to know about the highly contagious virus. All right, this is an article written by Amanda Musa and Karma Hassan with CNN. That's interesting. I wonder if uh, this Karma Hassan is related at all to Stephen Hassan, the actual, uh, what's considered by many to be America's number one cult expert. He's a writer and a psychologist. Helps people get families out of cults, family members. All right, so let's review what's going on in the media right now about measles, because I'm going to take you through how to prevent them. Because if they're showing up everywhere, might as well teach you how to beat it. All right, so on CNN, nearly a dozen cases of measles have been reported in Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Georgia in recent weeks, according to local health departments. International travel, coupled with declining global vaccination rates, is probably behind the spike of cases, experts say. Well, 12 measles cases is not like, I don't know, 10 years ago when you had 500 measles cases just coming out of Disney Park, supposedly. The Philadelphia Department of Public Health has confirmed at least nine cases of measles over the past month after a person contracted the highly contagious virus outside of the United States and exposed a parent and a child at a children's hospital. According to health department spokesperson James Garrow, that exposure then led to a Philadelphia daycare outbreak that includes at least five children. I wonder how many of those children were vaccinated for the measles and still got it anyway. Probably all of them. Health officials in Virginia were also warning people who recently traveled out of two D.C. area airports, Dulles on January 3rd and Reagan on January 4th of potential exposure to the virus after someone returning to the U.S. from abroad traveled through northern Virginia. I'd like to know how they know this. (laughs) These people contracted Mm -hmm. in another country abroad here. Oh. Okay, additionally, a single case of measles has been, a single one, has been confirmed in an unvaccinated resident of the metro Atlanta area, the Georgia Department of Public Health announced Thursday. And they go on to say that this individual, who was not vaccinated, I don't know what for, just an unvaccinated resident, this individual was exposed to measles while traveling out of the country. A news release said DPH is working to identify anyone who may have contact with the individual while they were infectious. You know, when 99% of America's Vaccinated for the measles, why are they checking with everybody to make sure they're safe? It's not only the United States. In the U.K., a measles outbreak continues to widen. There have been 216 confirmed cases and 103 probable cases reported since October. All right, so that's 216 plus 103. That's 329 cases. The U.K. Health Security Agency has declared a national incident to signal the growing public health risk. It's always concerning when we have a case of measles because of the probability that it's going to spread to other individuals. I love how people worry so much about other people. Okay. A about, quote, he says, about 90% of susceptible people who are exposed will come down with signs and symptoms of the disease. So it's very contagious. Now, let's see the reasons why CNN Health is reporting this is actually spreading. Why is measles spreading? Measles was eliminated in the United States in the year 2000, they say. After zero virus spread for more than a year, largely due, quote, to a highly effective vaccination campaign, according to the CDC and the CDC intervention. prevention. However, clusters in the U.S. are still possible because the virus is not eliminated worldwide. There are several countries where where this has actively been outbreaking. Quote, many of the diseases for which we have vaccines have virtually disappeared from the United States, but certainly not in other places around the world, Murray said. If an unvaccinated person goes to a country where a disease is still common, becomes infected and brings it back to the U.S., Murray notes, they can spread the virus. And he quotes, there's a lot of travel back and forth. He said, quote, if there are pockets of unvaccinated individuals that are congregating closely together And that disease gets introduced into the population. You can have a large cluster of cases. Well, I didn't even know what this article was about. All I know is they were talking about the measles, and I was going to tell you how to handle it. However, let's see what they blame. They actually say they blame falling vaccination rates. is the next title of the next part of the paragraph of this article. Vaccination rates in the U.S. also remain low, particularly among children, they say, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics spokesperson, Dr. Christina Johns, out of Maryland. About 92% of U.S. children have been vaccinated against measles, mumps, and rubella, called the MMR vaccine, by age two, according to a 2023 report from the CDC. Below the federal target of 95%. So they have a goal of 95%, only 92% up. The percentage of kindergartners who got their state-required vaccines for measles also remained below the federal target for 2022-2023 school year, according to the CDC's own data. And that rate of vaccine exemptions for children has reached the highest level ever reported to the U.S. Children should get two doses of the MMR vaccine, according to the CDC. First dose at 12 to 15 months of age, and the second is at 4 to 6 years of age. Before the nation's measles vaccination program, they say, About 3 to 4 million people got the virus every single year. About 400 to 500 died. The last significant measles outbreak in the U.S. was in 2018 and 2019 in Rockland County, New York, focused among unvaccinated children in Orthodox Jewish communities. Although the CDC reported only 56 measles cases in 2023, John says that is way too many when a highly effective vaccine exists. Quote, most people haven't seen a case of measles, she stressed. They don't really have any appreciation for the severity of the illness. Well, my wife, Jane, got measles when she was a kid. She didn't die, and she had the measles vaccine. And there's just a rash that popped up on her body, and there was no no death. Similar to like chickenpox, right? Remember chicken pox parties? No one ever died. They actually shared it with each other so they could hurry up and get it over with and then have immunity still. I remember that. I was taken to one. I remember kids having chicken pox parties when I was a kid. All right, now I'm going to go into what it is that it reads, and I'm going to explain to you what measles is and how it is spread. All right, so what are the symptoms, first off, of the measles? For those of you that maybe don't know, just in case you're looking for healing for measles, you might as well know what it looks like. So the first symptoms are fever, coughing, sneezing, runny nose, and inflammation of the eyes. The eyes may become red and sensitive to light. Within 24 to 48 hours, small red spots with white centers appear on the inside of the cheeks of the mouth. A rash appears three to four days later on the sides of the neck, forehead, and ears. Then it spreads over five to seven days to the forehead and the ears. Sorry. And then it spreads over five to seven days to the rest of the body. And as it spreads, the fever subsides. What are the causes, they say? Causes are two types of measles. There's common measles, which is called rubella, and then there's what's called the German measles, which is called German rubella. Common measles is highly contagious. They say it is spread by droplets from the nose, throat, and mouth. At the present time, adolescents and young adults are affected more than children. If the person was previously healthy, the disease will pass within 10 days, all on its own, no risk, no death, no vaccine needed. But it can be followed by one of several complications, including pneumonia, bronchitis, croup, middle ear infection, meningitis, encephalitis, or injury to the nervous system. Approximately 98% of the population have had common measles. Lifelong immunity follows this infection. Did you read that? If you get it, you'll get it for only 10 days and it's gone. And then you will have, for 98% of you, you will have lifelong immunity after having the infection. Now that's, that's lifelong immunity, not immunity until the next measles booster is presented to you. So the best protection is to live right and eat right. And then you'll be fine. All right. So let's look at some natural remedies. Uh, For those of you looking for healing for the measles, if you're worried about the measles or you're not going to get vaccinated for the measles and you know you're not, and you are worried about measles possibly being exposed to you and you getting it. All right. So a person should be isolated in a room where it's well-ventilated, first of all. If he's sensitive to light, darken the room, and he should not read or watch television. Keep the lights very dim. He should drink plenty of water and fruit and vegetable juices, and preferably fresh ones, obviously. Fevers increase the body's need for calories and vitamins A and C. He should be encouraged but not forced to eat. Frequent small meals of nourishment may be best. Avoid processed foods. Rest until the rash and fever have disappeared. Garlic and catnip tea enemas help lower fever. If a cough is present, cool moisture from a vaporizer may help, but water, given copiously, is the best cough medicine. All right, so a hot bath may help reduce the fever if someone's got measles. Place the child in a hot tub, preferably between 105 and 108 degrees Fahrenheit for one minute for each year of his age. So if he's eight years old, you're going to do it for eight minutes. Keep the head cool. This may be repeated every two hours. Dress him warmly afterwards so chilling doesn't occur. This disease may also be brought to the surface of the skin as rapidly as possible. And there are herbs you can take such as yarrow and raspberry leaves or tea are excellent actually for this. Use of vapor baths such as ginger, mustard, and cayenne is what I would recommend to bring the toxic waste to the head quickly. And then drinking water is required. All right, you want to avoid bright light. A catnip enema is soothing and beneficial. Ripe fruits will assist in the cleansing. Uh, complications. Uh, if a medical professional ever tells you that for your child with measles, they need antibiotics, they're useless against measles and they do not increase the likelihood of, compli- of complications, but they are useless so don't use them and the complications can be very serious so i would not mess with antibiotics whatsoever if for example bronchitis occurs with somebody you know or love and they develop uh from having the measles and it develops into bronchitis it can be treated uh, with a heating compress golden seal root is an herb along with yellow dock root or burdock root these are incredible teas that help to dispel bronchitis from measles Also, another formula, mix one ounce of golden seal with nine ounces of flaxseed oil and apply freely to your body. Do not give aspirin to a child or youth with a fever. It may result in death. If you don't know what the complications of that is, it's called Reyes syndrome. All right. I want to see what else I want to give you here. Oh, this is a big one. So if, the, if anybody you know develops a cough after having a rash or an infection of any kind and it and wants to persist or it wants to clear and come back, it appears every three to five days you'll see improvements and they recycle and rebound into something worse. Please always consider that the infection may be in the inner ear, draining into their sinuses and into their lungs. That's how gravity carries things. Even if they're sitting up in a recliner, couch, if they're sitting up, standing up, uh, it's draining. So one of the things you should consider is if there's tinnitus, ring in the ears, any kind of uh, any kind of dizziness. They have an inner ear infection. Any kind of allergy symptoms, they have an inner ear infection. And I would recommend garlic essential oil, uh, one drop in each ear, morning and night. Also, peppermint oil around the ears also helps to force the infection down into the body, but it will stop draining from the ears to create reoccurring respiratory issues. All right, we're going to go to a commercial break here. I'm Dr. Brian Artis. Remember, you can turn in tune in Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific for Looking for Healing Radio. We'll be right back.
0: Lean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein, offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's the perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code Out loud, global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. off. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Co-Fix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? CoFix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Co-Fix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution. And now we have a throat spray too.
1: All right, healers. welcome back to another edition of Looking for Healing Radio. This segment's being brought to you by Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing students just like you. The best way to be free is to be healthy. Learn how at www.energetichealthinstitute.org where holistic nutrition, fasting, detoxification and the art of cellular healing and so much more. Join the EHI family and let's make tomorrow amazing. Go to www.energetichealthinstitute.org. All right, let's continue. We're going to go back to CNN's article I hope you enjoyed the information on the measles. Don't be afraid of the measles. And they can stop blaming stuff on unvaccinated people all day long. They did the same thing with COVID. That wasn't the issue. Your vaccines don't work. Your agenda doesn't work. Y'all can let that go. All right, now we're going to continue here. Let's look at the next one. All right, here's the next one. FDA warns of a secondary cancer risk is tied to CART therapies that even treat cancers. All right, so this is... Being reported by the FDA. CNN reports today this is an article written by Jacqueline Howard at CNN. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has issued a new warning about the possible risk of secondary cancers in cancer patients who have been treated with a form of immunotherapy called chimeric antigen receptor T cell or CART cell therapy. The FDA. It says sent notification letters this week and last week to several manufacturers of these therapies requiring them to add a boxed warning to the products prescribing information. The warnings say that some T-cell malignancies, which in in some cases of hospitalization and death have led to hospitalization and death, have happened after treatment with BCMA and CD19 directed genetically modified autologous T-cell immunotherapies. CD-19. That's funny. I didn't know that was a cancer treatment. sounds like COVID-19. All right. Quote, we would like to underscore that the overall benefits of these products continue to outweigh their possible risks, says the FDA Carly Faldman said in an email. Okay, listen, this thing has ca- increasing the risk of cancer in patients who are being treated for cancer. But the first statement by the FDA is, quote, we would like to underscore that the overall benefits of these products continue to a- outweigh their possible risks. Okay, thanks, man. I cannot believe that drugs can be sold this way, marketed this way, but food can't. And could you imagine if uh, people who were struggling with food poisoning, if they re- received treatment for food poisoning, that in many patients it caused a worsening food poisoning. But then they would want you to know that this one treatment, though we'd like to underscore, has the overall benefits of worsening dehydration and worse food poisoning symptoms continue to outweigh their possible risks. Oh, really? Thanks. You guys are great. As of Monday, the agency has received 25 reports of T-cell malignancy after treatment with CAR T-cell immunotherapies. T-cells, a type of white blood cell, are the backbone of CART therapies. These work by harnessing a patient's T-cells, altering them in a lab so that they will attack cancer cells and then give those modified T-cells back to the patient through an infusion. I don't even know anything about this. Therapy, but it sounds god awful and not natural, and it's obviously creating more cancer. All right, currently approved CAR C A R T cell immunotherapies are Etechema, Brienzy, Carvitzi, Kimria, Tecartis, and Yescarta. Kimria, the first CAR T cancer therapy approved by the FDA for leukemia treatment, was approved in 2017. The initial approvals of these therapies included an FDA requirement for 15-year follow-up studies to assess long-term safety and risk of secondary cancers after treatment. Well, that was in 2017. The manufacturers have 15 years to turn in their results of whether or not this is good or not, and they will have made billions of dollars poisoning people before it was ever proven safe and effective in a long-term study. Thank you, FDA. Uh, I don't know if I failed to announce it, but this segment of Looking for Healing Radio is not brought to you by the FDA because they suck at their job and I would not want them around ever again for producing any kind of statements or reviewing any kind of data ever again. They are too bought off. All right, so this is for cancer. Now, I'm not going to go into cancer. I just want y'all to know this is what they're talking about right now, CNN. Now, let's go to... Uh, now they're talking about, there's an, the next actual article, the most recent one from this morning, is an article in CNN Health titled, Nearly 65,000 Pregnancies from Rape Have Occurred in States with Abortion Bans, Study Estimates. Uh, okay. And it says, Tens of thousands of pregnancies have resulted from rape in states where abortion is not a legal option. Alright, so first of all, 65,000 rapes in 50 states. I don't even know what the time frame is, but it, seems like our police force is not doing a good enough job and our law enforcement is not doing a good job keeping people from being raped. I mean, seriously, there's 65,000 pregnancies alone from rape in the countries that have abortion bans only. I mean, how many are those? Let's read. In the study published Wednesday in the journal JAMA, internal medicine, researchers from Planned Parenthood Resound research for reproductive health and academic institutions across the U.S. used a combination of federal surveys on crime and sexual violence to estimate. Oh, so now we know this isn't actual real information. All right. So they used federal surveys on crime and sexual violence to estimate that there were about 520,000 rapes that led to 65,000 pregnancies in the time since abortion bans have been enacted in 14 states, ranging by state from four to 18 months ago. Other research has found that there have been fewer than 10 abortions each month in states with bans, suggesting that most, if not all, victims were not able to get abortions in the states where they live, even those where the law allows exceptions for rape. Quote, restricting abortion access to survivors of rape can have particularly devastating consequences. The Medical Journal's editors wrote in a note about the new research, whether these survivors of rape had illegal abortions received medication abortion through the mail, traveled to other states, or carried the child to birth is unknown. About one in five adults in the U.S. says that abortion should be legal in all cases, according to a 2022 survey from Pew Research Center. And a much larger majority, nearly 70% of adults, say abortion should be legal if pregnancy is the result of a rape. But experts say, in the new research suggests, that the realities of putting those exceptions into practice are challenging. Like many exceptions, exemptions, sorry, like many exceptions, written into abortion bans. An exception for rape victims may appear to be a reasonable solution, but in practice can create more trauma and danger for patients who have already experienced a traumatic event. No other health care is reserved only for people who can prove a crime took place. That's not, this is a quote, that's not an ethical way to practice medicine. It's cruel to force people who have already been victimized to jump through legal and logistical barriers that cause further harm. Okay, dokie. All right, so those who become pregnant after rape may take longer to recognize a pregnancy than other pregnant people, and there may be factors related to the trauma response and accounts for this, said Dr. Rachel Perry, an associate professor of OBGYN at the University of California. This delay may even medicate, this delay may mean medication abortion, which may be used up to 10 weeks gestation, is not an option. And victims may have to travel, particularly long distances, to provide, said Perry, who was not involved in the new study. All right, well, I don't know how you feel about abortions and rape, but uh, hopefully you have never been raped in your life. And uh, it sucks for anybody who has that experience, personally, in my opinion. All right. There we go. Next article. This is published at January 26th, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. By Madeline Holcomb. Stanley, Stanley, and other drink cups contain lead. Should you be worried? Well, we got an answer for that. First, Stanley cups were all over social media because so many people wanted them. Now the oversized tumblers are back in the spotlight over fears they may contain lead. Videos on social media sites such as TikTok show people breaking out a lead testing kit and trying it on their on other Stanley cups and other travel flask. It's true. There is some lead sealed within the base of some brands of travel drinking cups, including the wildly popular brand Stanley. Lead is used as a part of the tumbler's vacuum insulation and is covered by a stainless steel layer that protects consumers from lead exposure, according to the Stanley Cup manufacturer. Quote, Our manufacturing process currently employs the use of an industry standard pellet to seat the vacuum insulation at the bottom of our products. The sealing material includes some lead. The Stanley spokesperson said, Quote, once sealed, this area is covered with a durable stainless steel layer, making it inaccessible to consumers. Quote, rest assured that no lead is present on the surface of any Stanley product that comes into contact with the consumer nor the contents of the product. But people on social media are nervous considering the dangers of any exposure to lead. The toxic chemical, they they continue, the toxic metal can lead to kidney problems, anemia, reproductive issues, and developmental problems. According to the U.S. CDC, and Stanley cups are everywhere. The tumblers, which come in a rainbow of colors and hold up to 40 ounces of water while still sitting in a car cup holder, have become both a status symbol and a wellness essential for those who ascribe to the clean girl beauty trends of hydrated, natural skin. Stanley cups are in the hands of beauty bloggers, the cars of parents at school pickup, and even on the Christmas list of many kids this past year. Some parents have reported their children were bullied by peers if they came to school with any other branded cup. Seriously, are we that shallow? Some caution is warranted, said Jane Holden. Research director for Healthy Babies Bright Futures, an alliance of non-profit scientists and donors with a stated mission of reducing baby ex- exposure to neurotoxic chemicals. If the cup stays intact, there's likely to to there's likely no lead exposures risk for consumers. But if that bottom seal comes off, all bets are off. Lead is so toxic you just can't chance you just can't take chances with it. She said in an email. If a company has to rely on their product remaining perfectly intact in order for it to be safe, that company has a basic material safety problem that they are passing on to their consumers. If the base of a cup, cap of Stanley Cup, does not come off and exposes the seal, which is rare, the cup is eligible for replacement under the lifetime warranty, according to a statement from Stanley. But it ain't just Stanley Cups, they say. They said in November, the federal agency announced the recall of about 84,000 Tablui high or to blue stainless steel children's cups and 3,600 kick pick home children's cup sets sold on Amazon due to an accessible solder bead with levels of lead that exceeded the federal lead content ban. Interesting. Oh, an accessible solder bead. Huh. Earlier that month, some 1,600 Panda ear and 200 Leoline stainless steel children's cups sold on Amazon were recalled for the same reasons. All right, well, I guess there's a lead problem going around. I don't know if y'all remember this, but about 20 years ago it was reported that Hot Wheels cars kids were sucking on all around the country, were putting them in their mouths, those little ones. And they found that uh, these kids were developing neurological problems if they licked or put that Hot Wheel car in their mouth. Well, it was determined that these kids were exposed to toxic levels of lead. And a lot of these kids had all had Hot Wheels supposedly when they were evaluating what these kids were wearing as toys, using as toys. And they said it was the hot wheel cars that they found in the paint of the exterior of the cars was lead based paint. And then it was determined that the hot wheels, the company, a Mattel, I guess that owns hot wheels was having every single car painted in China and in those factories in China, it was reported they were using lead based paint because lead based paint in China wasn't illegal. It's only illegal in America. So American companies were shipping their cars to be painted in China. Those cars were coming back and those cars were laced with lead. All right. So what do you do about lead? All right. So there's a few things. Number one, the Dr. Artist show.com has EDTA. I would recommend you use if anybody you suspect has lead poisoning or it's been confirmed, it should be on EDTA. And I would recommend one drop of full in children younger than 12, Monday through Friday, first thing in the morning. And then I also would recommend activated charcoal. Uh, Globalhealing.com is working on, with Dr. Ed Group and his team, they're working on an ozonated activated charcoal, which is exciting. We've already been doing some preliminary testing and seeing that that actual type of activated charcoal is literally in front of our eyes. We have it recorded and videoed. They're actually seeing nanotech unwinding itself so you'll have them these are wires wrapped all over the vaccinated in the vaccinated blood of people with COVID-19 vaccines. We have found nanotech it looks like wiring tubes and they're all intertwined with each other like a bunch of serpents. And when you apply ozonated activated charcoal uh, we video we actually have video evidence that it's unwinding that those wiring structures which we're hoping is very exciting and very incredible but activated charcoal is another incredible Chelator that binds to lead and known to remove lead from the human body, and is safe for children's use. Also, Uh, also for children, remember the old adage and phrase: "An apple a day keeps the doctor away." Inside of apples is something called apple apple pectin. So, anybody, any kid that's got uh, heavy metal toxicities, you believe, or symptoms of such, they should be eating at least one fresh organic apple every single day. And if you're not going to do that, these kids need to be on fourteen hundred milligrams of apple pectin. And I have apple pectin at thedrartishow.com. I'm so impressed with what apples provide. This apple pectin has been proven at uh, the Chernobyl nuclear power plant explosion and at Fukushima's nuclear power plant explosion in Fukushima, Japan, 2011 and 12. And both those nuclear power plant explosions and leaks, they have found that all citizens around the the actual plants, they found that apple pectin powder was the only thing to remove 80% sorry, 50% of all the toxic radiation in less than four weeks. Just supplementing that every day by eight weeks, a hundred percent of all of the radiation had been removed and all thyroid cancer risk had been avoided. And that's what people were populating up with or popping up with all over the place. So you've got concerns right now of lead poisoning being purported in the media. You have measles outbreaks being reported. And in every case there are natural antidotes and you don't have to worry about them. All right. Uh, I just wanted y'all to be aware of that. Now, remember, there's also other cups that they're talking about. And uh, that can, you can be exposed to lead, but all of us are exposed to thousands of chemicals every day. This is why we actually tell you you should be actively, preventively taking care of your health as much as possible, detoxing consistently, drinking water, getting uh, oxygen in the form of exercise, grounding every single day. All right. Uh, And now, we've got about two minutes left in this. This headline caught my attention. I want to read it to you. Drug study brings animal to human organ transplants a step closer. Drug study brings animal to human organ transplants a step closer, scientists say. Jen Christensen wrote this. Uh, Scientists say they are closer to understanding the best way to make the human body receptive to an organ donation from another species. Oh my gosh, this Mm -hmm. is disgusting mutilation an effort that could help solve an ongoing shortage of organs. Oh really more than 100,000 people in the U S are on a transplant waiting list and an average of 17 die every day while waiting. Oh. Doctors have spent decades experimenting with alternatives and many now see a potential in replacing failing human organs with genetically modified pig organs. Xeno transplantation, cross-species organ transplantation is called, is still in the early stages. There are no human clinical trials taking place that have been approved by the FDA, but the researchers behind a study published Thursday in the Journal of Clinical Investigation say their findings might bring human trials even closer, for those of you who want pig organs in your body. For the study, doctors at the University of Alabama, Birmingham's, Menricks E. Sink School of Medicine, transplanted genetically modified pig kidneys into three people who were brain dead and showed that they could do so using the same FDA approved drugs used in human to human donations. With any kind of transplant, whether from a human or from an animal, doctors have to give us the the recipient medications that suppress their immune system so their body doesn't reject the unfamiliar organ. In some cases, when patients are particularly vulnerable to infection, they might get additional therapy to offer protection, from encapsulated bacteria like meningitis the germ that causes meningitis all right so uh just y'all know you should know i'm disgusted by organ transplants Uh, if you haven't watched the dr artist show episode where i interviewed the journalist in vietnam where the majority of our organs for organ transplant surgeries are being harvested from innocent spiritual people that were imprisoned 10 20 years ago in china because their activities of daily living and their therapies that they enjoy doing daily, kept them from using pharmaceutical drugs. So they imprisoned the whole movement. And now they literally, while those people are alive, they exhume organs from them while alive and awake and transfer those living fresh organs to the United States. And they put them in babies and adults as organ transplant recipients. It's a disgusting mutilation, sick experiment on humans that I do not agree with. All right, we're going to be right back after these messages. These are some of the highlights from CNN Health this week. I'm Dr. Artis.
0: When God, through His grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud talk radio. Liberty and justice for all. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned.
1: All right, welcome back, healers. I'm Dr. Artis, and hopefully you're enjoying your morning your morning drive, your morning walk, your morning exercise, and listening to Looking for Healing Radio. Our goal is to bring you some things that you can look forward to. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit more about this last article. All right, so in CNN Health today, there, there's a article written by Jen Christensen titled, Drug Study Brings Animal to Human Organ Transplants a Step Closer. Now, wouldn't you be excited if the medical profession also investigated natural foods and how to keep people healthy versus drugs, experiments and bringing organs from animals and put them inside of humans to fix their diseased organs because they're eating like crap, being vaccinated with poisons and they're being exposed to poisons. Why are we trying to figure out how to get animal organs into a human to keep them alive when their organs are just fine? All you got to do is feed them and take poisons out of them. detox them and they can live fine. Anyway, I find this disgusting. All right. If someone has a diseased organs, I would like uh, to recommend everybody to study and go online and study or get books from chiropractors, acupuncturists, nutritionists around the world. You should probably look for for the little booklet titled Understanding Protomorphology by Dr. Royal Lee. He started a company called Standard Process. Brilliant guy. But to understand how to heal diseased organs, I would start with protomorphogens. Protomorphogens, P-R-O-T-O, morphogens, are abbreviated PMG by the company Standard Process. And in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, Dr. Royal Lee, a dentist who has over 300 plus patents on all kinds of nutritional things, technologies in the dental industry, weapons for, not a joke, the military, Uh was incredibly brilliant in my opinion and was able to discover that if you took some material out of cells of animals organs and had people swallow them, not replace their organs with the animal's organ. If you had them ingest it, chew it up, then you could actually reverse any autoimmune disease of those organs. So for example, you all are probably familiar that you could purchase in a lot of grocery stores around the world, chicken hearts, well, if someone had congestive heart failure or an enlarged heart, there are people around the world up until 100 years ago were actually treating people solely with organ failures. They would solely have them eat that animal's organ, same organ, and they could reverse a lot of these diseases like 90 plus percent of the time. So if someone had heart disease and you gave them chicken hearts, for example, and let, held them to eat that every single day, a few of those, they actually saw they could reverse congestive heart failure and the size of the heart would actually shrink back down to normal over months of eating or ingesting uh, chicken hearts or cow hearts for that matter. I mean, right now you can buy cow hearts and give, give it to individuals. You can give it to individuals, you can purchase it, but you can also feed it to your animals like your dogs and your cats. And those that heart organ actually keeps you healthy. Why do you think they still sell liver organs in a lot of grocery stores around the country? Why do you think they still serve liver? Do you know how many people struggle with liver toxicity and enlargement? How many obese people are in this world who have congested livers? And those livers would be improved and reduced in disease outcomes if people ate liver. But like me, I don't like liver. It's gross. So I swallow it in tablet forms or supplement forms or herbal form, you know, extract forms. Not herbal, herbal's plants. But uh, that was a slip of my tongue. But I just want you to know that there are ways of using organs to help people. You do not have to... Cut out your organ and put in an animal's organ. You don't need a pig organ put inside your body. The outcomes of using animals' organs put inside of you is going to one hundred percent of the time cause more disease, more injury, more death. Obviously, one hundred percent more autoimmune diseases. That's it's disgusting. I can't believe they're actually publishing that right now. Ugh. All right, uh, next article is mammogram, mammography, mammogram, AI can cost patients extra, but is it worth it? This is by Michelle Andrews. As, <laughs> so mammograms, just you know, any AI, artificial intelligence added to uh, already mammograms. It's pretty disgusting in my opinion. The price tag is 40 bucks extra for a mammogram it's to uh, is the cost of having this artificial intelligence, I guess, checked against your mammogram. Uh, do you see all know uh, mammograms are, extra, are actually squishing your boobs and shooting x-rays through your breast tissue? I've already done many shows on this, but mammograms absolutely are responsible for almost 100% of all breast cancers in America. X-ray radiation is known to cause cancer and to squish the boob and expose every cell in your breast tissue to the maximum amount of x-ray radiation is going to cause cancer. So as they start mammograms annually on anybody. You can expect as one year goes by, you're getting closer and closer to your risks of developing breast cancer. I do not recommend mammograms whatsoever. So adding any cost to an artificial intelligence review or software to your mammogram review or scan is ridiculous. I recommend only thermograms. So look for thermograms in your area and start demanding them if they don't or open one yourself. Uh, If you're in Dallas, Texas, where I am, there's one called uh, Thermogram Centers of Dallas and Michael Einstein it's a dear friend and colleague. You can actually uh, look his facility up. That's the only place I sent my wife for the last 12 years of knowing her. As soon as we met and started dating, I told her she can never do a mammogram again. She needs to just do thermograms because they're safer and they're non-toxic whatsoever. And I didn't want to increase the risk possibly of the woman I was falling in love with and marrying uh, to develop breast cancer in the future and live with that fear and panic and worry and mutilation and, uh, augmentation and surgeries, if she if it could be avoided. So that's what I did. So uh, my wife is sixty seven years old, no signs or lumps, breast issues whatsoever, and she does a thermogram scan every single every single year. So, and I do too. Uh, all right, so uh, all right, here we go. Robitussin. There's the next article this week from CNN.help. Robitussin cough syrups are recalled nationwide due to microbial contamination. So Robitussin cough syrup. Some Robitussin honey cough syrup sold nationwide are being recalled because of microbial contamination. The consumer healthcare company, Hale Leong, is voluntarily recalling eight lots of Robitussin honey CF, max daily adult and Robitussin honey cough max nighttime adult, with expiration dates through 2025 and 2026 immunocompromised people, that means people on steroids or being treated for cancer or have been vaccinated for COVID, immunocompromised people who use these products could experience, quote, severe or life-threatening adverse events such as fungemia, fungus in the blood, or a fungal infection according to Halium. In health individual, healthy individuals, the life-threatening infections are not likely to occur. All right, so if you're healthy, not COVID-19 vaccinated, not on prednisone or steroids, then you're going to be fine. However, the occurrence of an infection that may necessitate medical intervention cannot be completely ruled out, the announcement said. To date, Halon has not received any reports of adverse events related to this recall, the company said. So, why are they recalling it if there's been no issues? Robitussin honey, and nightmare, nighttime, or cough syrups intended to relieve symptoms of cold or flu. Robitussin honey CF, max day, adult. Uh, four ounces. Expiration date, October 31st, 2025. Robotose and Honey CF Max Day Adult, 8 ounce. May of 31st, 2025. And uh, anyway, Haleon is notifying its distrib- distributors and customers directly and has provided them with instructions for the return of all recalled products. Consumers that have purchased the product listed should stop consumption immediately, they stated. Contact your healthcare provider immediately if you or someone who knows experienced symptoms that may be related to the product's use. Adverse reactions to those products should be reported to the FDA's MedWatch. All right. Well, all right. So they haven't seen this happen yet. I don't know why they're recalling it. Why they? Maybe they're just trying to. Maybe CNN and the mainstream media is trying to keep people keep people afraid of using honey based products since this is only this recall is only happening to Robitussin honey flavored cough syrups. And maybe as Jana, Dr. Jana Schmidt has been educating the whole world on. The massive amounts of health benefits of honey, bee pollen, propolis, and royal jelly. Maybe, just maybe. Uh, This is their beginning point of trying to make sure people don't trust honey-laced products because they could have funguses or bactericides in them. That'll be the next article that comes out. Oh, here we go. Native American communities. Now, this is awful. This is from Cheryl Weinstock. Native American communities have the highest suicide rates, yet interventions are scarce. Native American communities have the highest suicide rates. Well, let's read this article that I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk at length here. This is the first time I've seen this article. this is Looking for Healing Radio, you might as well know what they are talking about in the mainstream media, so you can be prepared. All right. So Amanda Morningstar has watched her children struggle with mental health issues, including suicidal thought, she often wonders why. quote, "We are family oriented and oriented, and we do stuff together. I had healthy pregnancies. We're very protective of our kids," said Morningstar, who lives in Hart Butte, Montana, a town of about 600 residents on the Blackfeet Indian Reservation. Yet despite her best efforts, Morningstar said her family faces a grim reality that touches Native American communities nationwide. About a year ago, her 15-year-old son, Ben, who was so grief-stricken over his cousin's suicide and two classmate suicides that he tried to kill himself. Their deaths made me feel, he said, like part of me was not here. I was gone. I was lost, said Ben Morningstar. He spent more than a week in an inpatient mental health unit, but once home, but once home he was offered sparse mental health resources. Non-Hispanic indigenous people in the U.S. die by suicide at higher rates than any other racial or ethnic group, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, that's the CDC. The suicide rate among Montana's Native American youth is more than five times the statewide rate for the same age group, according to the Montana Budget and Policy Center. Montana ranked third worst amongst states for suicide deaths in 2020, and 10% of all deaths in the United States from 2017 through 2021 were among Native Americans even though they represent only 6.5% of the state's population. This makes me really sad. I love everybody in Montana. This makes me want to go to Montana and go talk to these groups. Maybe I will. Despite decades of research into suicide prevention, suicide rates among indigenous people have remained stubbornly high, especially among indigenous peoples ages 10 to 24. 10 to 24, that's young. According to the CDC, experts say that's because that's because the national strategy for suicide prevention isn't culturally relevant or sensitive to Native American communities' unique values. Suicide rates have increased among other racial and ethnic minorities, too, but to lesser degrees. They blame systemic issues and structural inequ- inequalities, including underfunded and undersourced services from the, from the federal Indian Health Service, also hamper suicide prevention in indigenous communities. Quote, I worried who was going to keep my son safe. <clears throat> who would he call or reach out to? There are really no resources in Hart Butte, said Amanda Morningstar. Well, the reason why I want to, this caught my attention is a couple of reasons. I have four children right now. I actually have five children that are in that exact age range that they are reporting is an increase in suicide ideation and risk. And I don't know if y'all remember this, but you know, y'all know the attorney, Thomas S. Wrens, Thomas Wrens, the only reason why he got involved, he said, is because the suicide rates of children, his children's age in Ohio, was skyrocketing during the lockdowns of COVID. And so he got involved because he wanted to see if he could reduce the uh, misery of all these children having all of their friends, uh, their school, their structure all taken from them. All right, so that's why he got involved. That's not why I got involved, but. Uh, That's why he got involved. Dr. Eric Naputi had reported the same things. That's why he started speaking out about against COVID was his children and their freedoms being taken away. And he couldn't live in a, in a country where that was being done and allowed. But I want to talk about this um, increase in suicide rates in Native American communities and across the world. All right. I started speaking about and I'm going to speak in relationship to this article. Native American communities have the highest suicide rates, yet interventions are scarce. Native Americans aren't, aren't only struggling and the... Native Americans are not the only race in America. By race, they are not only struggling with the highest suicide rates. They also were the... They were the one and only race that had the highest percentage of their race who was infected by covid tested positive for COVID hospitalized by COVID and died from COVID-19. Supposedly Native Americans and Eskimos. Uh, When we looked at the statistics in New Zealand, for example, the indigenous people there are called the Maori. The Maori had the highest incidences of COVID-19 infection, highest hospital rate hospitalization rates, and the highest death rates for any of the races living in New Zealand. The only thing that these indigenous communities and individuals have in common is in every country, all the race were the same. It wasn't the whites who were the most affected. It was the indigenous peoples in those countries. And the one thing that they all had in common was the exact same highest percentage of any races in those countries. They also represented the highest amount of diabetics and obesity. So I want to speak to the Native American communities and any individuals in America who are struggling with suicide issues. All right, Native Americans, you guys are a part of. You've been given lands, which is great, incentives from the government because we took the rest of your land. And uh, they have given you government support in the way of vaccine agendas. They continue like they do in Africa and abroad, tell you people that you're the highest risk for all these new infectious diseases. Even though you are the, the, you are the most tied to the land, tied to the water, tied to the air people in the world, even spiritually and physically, you should not be susceptible to these diseases, but as suicide rates have increased and skyrocketed since COVID-19 and it's fear promoting propaganda, it's venom-laced poison vaccines, uh, gene therapy vaccines. We've seen massive amounts of emotional upset, mood disorders, suicide ideation and rates couple of things I would encourage all the young people to read a book called the four agreements. If they're struggling with suicide, read the four agreements. Last name of the author is Ruiz, R U I Z first get a concept of what it means to live and how to live emotionally and mentally, avoid all vaccines in the future. And then consider supplementing 3000 milligrams of omega three fatty acids. Fish oils, same thing, 3,000 milligrams a day. And then there is a vitamin B product called Inositol. It elevates the mood and makes the outlook on life look better. Inositol, I-N-O-S-I-T-O-L. And I would recommend anywhere from 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams every single day. Exercise and light is also helpful. I pray for all those people that are struggling with suicidal ideation and and issues. Uh, Four agreements, book, read it inositol, omega-3 fatty acids, get on it. Also, uh, go to globalhealing.com and there's an incredible plant-based, mineral-based lithium supplement everyone should be on for those with mental issues, mental ideation issues, suicidal ideations. All right, I'm Dr. Artis. This is the Healing, Looking for Healing radio. Remember, the only medicine is natural medicine because natural medicine first does no harm. There's so much we have to unlearn. I'm grateful to be able to unlearn it with you. Healers, you are a being of light. So remember that when you are looking for healing, to always look within first. May God, the Almighty and author of all things, shine his divine light down upon us, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm and healing embrace. I'm Dr. Artis, founder of the Dr. Artis Show, CEO of the Artist Labs, also the reverend of the Church of the Healing Angels. All right. Hope you guys have a great week. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of Looking for Healing Radio, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific. God bless.